0: And welcome back to Top Terrace Sports. (laughs) I am Victor. I am joined today by both Brett and Spencer. Okay. Uh, Well, this will be a rather short episode compared to some uh, recent ones. But it's great to have the whole trio back together here. Uh, It's been a little over a week, two weeks here now. Um, And although Spencer was not able to make it to the double dribble episode, we do have all our picks out for that uh of course prior to the playing games uh the the seven through ten matchups so uh when you go look at those it is noted there but please keep that in mind and we did have i believe a couple brackets submitted so we'll keep an eye on those uh see if you can take down all three of us and one hat if you have anybody other than the sixers coming out of the east it puts you at a decent chance just based on odds uh and if you do have the Sixers, well, then it pretty much comes down to the West. So, yeah, we look forward to, to seeing those. While we're talking about NBA, Brett, want to run over where the standings are just after everybody's first game? Sure. Um, yeah, so
1: the first round started yesterday. A um, lot of good games, a lot of close games. Um, not really anything shocking but uh milwaukee took down miami in overtime and dallas took down the clippers and brooklyn had a huge fourth quarter to beat the celtics that was actually a lot closer a game than the final score shows or third quarter not fourth quarter excuse me um yeah the big three they uh of brooklyn in their debut together did very well uh, Kevin Durant specifically had 32 points and 12 rebounds, so good for him. And then Portland uh, beat Denver pretty comfortably in game one of that series. Um, and then today, so far, uh, the Sixers beat the Wizards in a close one, and the Suns and Lakers are going on as we're recording. It'll probably be done by the time we're done, so I will we'll, we'll circle back. Uh, To that. And then Atlanta, New York is tonight, as well as Memphis and Utah. So that'll be everybody will have game ones wrapped up then by the end of that. Thank you. Yep. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) Uh, Spencer, we haven't heard from you much this episode yet. So we. Oh, hold on. We have a fight here in the
1: Suns Lakers game. I didn't see what happened. Benches have cleared. Oh no,
0: LeBron James comes down awkwardly. Ooh, yeah. Le- Le-
1: Bronny is holding his shoulder. We don't really need to give a live update, I guess, because you guys <laughs> will know what happened by tomorrow. But dang, I've, I, you rarely see a bench clearing incident in the NBA, you know? Like hockey and baseball, sure. In the NBA, nah. Oh, you know what? That looks like a huge flop from LeBron James, if I'm being honest with you all. I I mean, Chris Paul is not a tall man, and so I don't know how he's going to flip you. Yeah, he jumps for the ball. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. That is a flop and a half. He's not even hurt. Never mind. This
2: isn't newsworthy. Um, I think something that is newsworthy is... Uh... Look at that. Oh, my God. You should be embarrassed. I'm sorry. The,
0: the benches-clearing brawl actually came not just when LeBron fell, but after uh, the ball was thrown at another player after the whistle.
1: Yeah, who threw it at who? I I didn't see. Like, was that Montrez Harrell who threw it at somebody on the Lakers? The long hair guy? Maybe. The
0: long hair guy. Whose name you will know by the time you hear this, because, again, it will be dropped tomorrow. Well, Montrezl Harrell is his name.
1: Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. They're showing it one more time. One more time. One more time. So, uh, a bit of a letter flop by Anthony Caruso. Oh, he went... Oh, yeah. No, that's all on Caruso. The Suns player threw the ball at Caruso, but he started it by being a little... You know, he's, he's a white boy. He, he played gym league. Beer League basketball before his NBA career. He was only signed out of pity by the Lakers, so he, he gets offended easily when these professionals mock him. Uh, so that's probably what happened right there. Lost his cool a bit. <laughs> LeBron's still milking his injury. What a, oh, wow. Wow. Just unreal stuff happening right in front of my eyes. All right. Sorry, I, I interrupted. What, whatever you're going to say, go ahead.
2: I, I was, None of
0: this <laughs> happens if LeBron makes his free throw. True. Like, what
2: a shock. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead, Spencer. I was going to say that and we kind of glazed over it, but Memphis getting the huge win over Golden State in the play in. Yes, in I overtime. Thought, yeah. I just, yeah, I thought that was insane. That, that was probably the best game of the playoffs. And for me, these play in games have provided more than enough entertainment that I think going forward, this is a great idea, great for the sport and should absolutely be capped. But I'm curious to see what you guys thought of, of the play in. Did you think it was a success and do you hope to see more of it? Vic, go
0: ahead. Uh, I liked it. Um, I mean, the seven and eight did come out of the East, which that is expected. It's still meant to give them a better chance to Mm -hmm. not just, Make it so that the ten seed has an equal chance as a 7 and 8 seed. Uh, but yeah, I thought they were interesting. I did catch glimpses of uh, each of them. I didn't get to watch any of them the full way through. And good on the Grizzlies being the one non 7 8 seed to make it out of that. I just want to point out, by the way, LeBron started grabbing his shoulder
1: before he even hit the floor. Like, that's how you know he's. And now he's totally fine. He's still, God, sometimes he's so annoying. Like I'm not a LeBron hater, but sometimes he's so annoying when he pulls stuff like this. Anyways. um, No, to answer your question, I also liked it. And I thought it was a good idea before we even saw the games, but then after watching the games, like you said, Spencer, it was Mm. very entertaining. So uh, yeah, it's a definite win again in, in the NBA is just the league. That's the most innovative and the most, you know, advanced. We say it all the time of all the four major sports. They lead the charge um, with in- innovation is, I guess, the word I'm looking for. Innovation so, that excites, yeah. Yes, Kia, I, I think. Um, or no. Wait, what car company is that one? Is it in Super? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Wait, no, no, it's going to bother me now. Innovation that excites. Oh, somebody look that up. Um. Yeah, I'm on it. But yeah, so, yeah, it's very innovative and it was great. I, um, and Vic, like you, I didn't get to see, like... I, saw the, I watched the full game of, what was that, Washington-Boston. Um, mm-hmm. And then I caught glimpses of Indiana-Washington, but that was kind of a boring game. And then I caught glimpses of Memphis-Golden State, but I didn't get to see uh, the entirety of those. But, yeah, I mean, what I did see, I, it, was, it was very fun. And the NBA playoffs are just great. I mean, yeah, yes. it's really top tier. Like, I, I love watching... And all of the games in the NBA
2: playoffs, they're very fun. So. Especially Game game 7 of, like, NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. Just unmatched. And so the fact that these play-in games are, uh, like, effectively that, they're a Game 7 in, in some ways. Like, you just know everybody's absolutely just going as hard as they possibly can. The the Lakers-Warriors game was incredible, and then the Warriors-Memphis game was also um, incredible. I was actually really hoping, just with how crazy Steph had been playing, I was actually really hoping that they were going to pull that off, but I also love uh, Jaw, so getting to see the Grizzlies make the playoffs already with with that young core is, is going to be really exciting.
1: Yeah, I agree, though. I, I would have preferred to see Golden State just from an entertainment perspective, I think, because I also think they would have made a more interesting series against Utah, but I mean, Memphis could prove us wrong, but yeah. I feel like Utah won't have many difficulties against
0: Memphis um, personally, but. I agree. We'll see.
1: We'll see. We will see.
0: Uh, this NBA segment here on Top Chair of Sports brought to you by Nissan innovation Innovation.excites.
1: Nissan! <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I was not thinking Nissan. Not a Wait, what's Zoom Zoom then? Is that Mazda? Oh, my no. Yes, I think so. Because <laughs> I thought Nissan was Zoom Zoom. It looks like it's Mazda. Mazda, Zoom, Zoom. Okay. All right, next. We'll just do hockey then. Update on these playoff series. Um, So, currently, we'll... uh, Yeah, so Toronto and Montreal are tied 1-1. Montreal uh, has played very well in the first game and the last game... Kinda of got blown out. So I think Toronto's kind of finding their groove and uh Austin Matthews finally scored in the postseason last game. So maybe that's what he needed to, you know, be a, a good player, uh, in the postseason, which is something he hasn't done yet in his career. Uh, and that would be obviously huge for the Leafs. And um they rely on him a lot, that whole top line. So that's kind of what they need to make a postseason run finally. Um so, yeah, I expect now that Toronto got that the monkey off their back, if you will, with that 5-1 win, they'll kind of – it won't be a much longer uh, of a series here. And then the other uh, Canadian matchups, Edmonton-Winnipeg, that's currently 2-0 to Winnipeg. Um, both of those games have been very close, uh, low scoring, which is I don't think what anybody expected. When you look at those two teams on paper, they both are very offensive-minded teams. But, hey, you know – Let's play off hockey. You just never know.
0: Um, uh, quick note on the Jets, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Nikolai Ehlers is set to make his return for Game 3.
1: Correct, yes. He was, out, he was uh, having a career year in the regular season before he got hurt, so huge boost for them. And they head home for Games 3 and 4. So, I mean, things are looking up for the Jets here, uh, which is exactly why that's going to be a 2-2 series in a few days. <laughs> Um, because that's just how it works. And then, uh, in the, we'll jump to the central. Tampa's up 3 1 on Florida. It's sounding like, gentlemen, Spencer Knight is going to get a shot in game number five, which means that the Panthers are obviously going to come back and win the next three and take this series, which would be very awesome. Um, no, I'm kidding. He'll probably get lit up. But it will be a good experience for him to get a playoff game under his belt. Um, so I'm excited for him. And now I'm excited not I'll probably watch that game uh, tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. And then the other central matchup is Carolina and Nashville, which is, again, happening right now as we're recording this. That's an overtime, but it's 2-1 Carolina. And if that changes, we will circle back to that as well. And Vic, uh, what, what's going on in the West?
0: I've been talking too much. Yeah, in, in the West, um, two teams have run away with it already, both the favorites here. Uh, Minnesota, after taking a 1-0 series lead, is now down 3-1 in the series. Um, that's probably all but over. But holding out some hope, personally, for Minnesota there. And then... Uh, Same. Yeah, would love to see it.
1: but. God. Fuck the or excuse me, um, screw There's, the Golden Knights. We get three, so all right. Fuck the Golden Knights, um, <laughs> the just thing. in general, and their fans. Their fans are bottom ten in the league,
0: so very annoying, for sure. That's uh, and just a wild team that's easy to root for. So everything's, as a fan standpoint looking like we want minnesota to win which is why they won't uh the other series in the west colorado is up 3-0 on the blues the Stanley cup winner it's just not looking great here and they face elimination tonight well yesterday as you are hearing this sunday five twenty three, and brett do you think brett and spencer both of you do you think colorado pulls off the sweep no.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so. The Blues have a lot of injuries, um, which is unfortunate for them. But I still think they'll not get swept here. Um, and they are at home today. So I think they win one. Maybe maybe two. You okay. know, maybe, maybe three, maybe four. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I don't think they get swept. Gotcha. I'd be surprised if they got swept. And they should be embarrassed if they get swept. No team should ever get swept. Just As in, in general, in, mm-hmm. any, in any sport, no team should ever get swept. Maybe baseball because they do, like, the best of five in the first round for some reason. So, like, that's more acceptable. But nobody should get swept in a seven-game series, in my opinion, in any sport. That's embarrassing. Yeah,
2: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Which I, I normally I normally just assume it won't happen same yeah i know they do they happen frequently enough but like i normally just assume like they're come on you can't tell me you're actually going to lose four straight and be out you know like uh, who who would do that like uh, you know i off the top of my head the lightning but uh the (laughs) Oh god (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) orders what Yeah, it's just so tough to. I mean, even when a team is very good, it's easy as a fan of that team to say you're able to sweep someone, but to have it happen uh, is not something most people realistically would say. Even when we were doing the double dribble, if regardless of who the Sixers uh, played, I was giving the other team a game
2: mm-hmm.
0: just just out of uh, generosity at that point. Like, like things, oh, Victor, you're so curious. things happen. Yeah. Uh, That being said, it is an embarrassment, and I'll say the Avs do it here, and I think they embarrass the Blues and sweep tonight, now that they are up 3-0. Which then brings us over to the East, uh, the last division to talk about. I have one more note, hold hold,
1: hold on. Um, If the Avs were smart, they would give the Blues a game or two, just to buy, you know, knock down the games on Kadri's suspension a bit
0: because they'll need him for against Vegas, most That's likely, next round. A good point I didn't think about. Now, do you, because uh, you're not going to purposely lose, so do you possibly rest some guys? Like, maybe not fully out of the game, but are you giving that top line to McKinnon, Ranton and Landeskog less minutes tonight?
1: No, I think you just wrap up a series. I was
0: mostly okay. joking when I said that, but, like,
1: it's something to think about, right? Like, if they were to lose a couple games, there's at least that plus side that the suspension is getting less and less. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I mean, you never want to just, you, never, you just want to wrap it up, whatever you can, you know, but you True. can look at the positives. Yes. Of a, yeah. yes. And you don't want to give a desperate team, you know, a win and then they'll still be, they're going to be desperate the rest of the series now. So they're only going to get more dangerous. Um, You get them a win, they're desperate and confident, then. So, yeah, no, you just want to bury them while you can. For sure. Shovels
0: out, boys. And brooms. Uh, Now we will jump to the east. Any other notes? No, I just forgot. (laughs) Now we will jump to the east. Uh, Pittsburgh versus New York Islanders, that is, Uh, is tied 2 2 right now. Game five of that will be Monday, so the day you are hearing this, back in Pittsburgh. The other series we have is Boston versus Washington, and after Washington winning the first game in OT, Boston has won three straight to be up three, one in the series, uh, overtime winner in game two, double overtime winner in game three, and then just to win in game four. So, way to battle back, Boston. Yeah, they could be very much
1: the favorite, I'd say, next round, regardless who comes out of that islanders one series.
0: Yeah, and despite the rankings, uh, I mean, it kind of showed who had a slight advantage, but going into it, I think we, for the most part, could see any of these four teams coming out of the East. Just such a close division down the stretch and uh, all year. Yes, very balanced. Yes. Okay. Any other notes on hockey from you? Not
1: just uh, savoring every moment, you know, before it ends, and then summer's here, and there's nothing for me to for me to watch.
2: Oh, but Brett, you could watch some baseball. <laughs> I set you up for that perfect segue. <laughs> And maybe if you're lucky, you could catch a no hitter. A ball, a foul ball. Oh, no! You could watch. There's probably a better chance of a no hitter. <laughs> you have going to a baseball game. You have a better shot at yeah watching a no hitter than you do of catching a foul ball. Um, I buy that. Yeah. I think uh, I think it goes uh, in terms of odds. You have a better chance of seeing a no hitter. Uh, You have a better chance of getting attacked by a shark at a baseball game. And then then it's the foul ball. Um, So this past week we got we had two more no hitters, um, which is just a crazy statement, a crazy sentence. They were on back to back days. Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers. Uh, threw a no-hitter on Tuesday against the Seattle Mariners. This is the second time the Mariners have been no-hit this year. So the Indians have been no-hit twice. The Mariners have now been no-hit twice. Turnbull was uh, really good. I-, I watched back the condensed game because uh, I really only got to watch the the final three outs when I, when I realized it was happening. Um, but uh, he was insane. Um, he had two walks. And other than that, he was just... He was just pounding the zone, you know? Um with that zone. I think he had twenty-four of his like it was twenty-two or twenty-four of uh his first pitches to batters were strikes, which is like huge. So he only had to throw 117 pitches on the night um and he had some good defense behind him too the best part about it was uh I noticed Miguel Cabrera on a lot of the balls hit to him just took it to the bag himself if you remember the Armando Galarraga incident um you know I think he might be uh, he might have been having like war flashbacks to that so he just did a lot of unassisted uh <laughs> outs at first but i i was reading a bunch of different stats about this no-hitter specifically that were extremely interesting uh this is the eighth no-hitter i want to say in tigers history all eight have been by homegrown talent so guys that they drafted and um then like brought up through their farm system um Spencer Turnbull is the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter with a career-winning percentage under 300 in, like, I, it might be ever or in a very long time. Um, so that was, I found, really interesting. But, I mean, wins aren't really the important stat that people, like, make them out to be for pitchers because, obviously, you can give up one run and still be handed the loss. So, um And then kind of weird and on the flip side of things is the Mariners are the interesting part of this no-hitter because the Mariners have been no-hit or have no-hit a team uh, nine times. They've been a part of nine no-hitters since 2012. And Kyle Seeger, the third baseman of the Mariners, was in Each and every one of those games, Um, I believe they've been no hit four times and then they've thrown five no hitters themselves or I have or it's the inverse. Um, But what's even crazier is that those nine no hitters make up 16 percent of all no hitters since 2012. Um, And I just found all of that to be really crazy. So Mariners are the team to bet on to be a part of a no hitter, I guess, each year. And they've been a part of two this year. So let's just remember that terrible organization a part of two no hitters. So I feel like I should become a
1: Mariners fan cuz that'd be really exciting each year. Yeah. Cuz every you game you can
0: celebrate every hit that they have.
2: You can celebrate every hit and also you again, you know there's a chance because statistically they've thrown you know plenty of no hitters in the past how many years. So there's a good chance. Uh, the second no-hitter, like I said, that happened the very next day was Corey Kluber and the Yankees. Uh, they no-hit the Texas Rangers. That was the second time the Rangers have been no-hit this year. So the Rangers, Indians, and Mariners, there have been six no-hitters this year This year against three teams, and that's it. So <laughs> if you tune into any of those games, you have a shot at watching no-hitter. Uh, Corey Kluber was also absolutely filthy. He only had one walk uh, away from being perfect himself. Um, and what was really funny is, is that he threw it against the Rangers. If you remember, Corey Kluber was traded to the Rangers before the COVID shortened season. So the Rangers already were not going to be getting a full season out of a former Cy Young Award winner. And then he threw one inning for the Rangers before needing to be shut down for the entire season. He comes back, signs a deal with the Yankees. And in his first game pitching in Texas, the Rangers, they had bobbleheads that they were going to give out for for, for promotional things uh, when Kluber was on the Rangers. They still had those left over because they never got the chance to use them. So they decided to make that night Corey Kluber bobblehead night, and Corey Kluber oh, threw a gosh. no-hitter against them on his bobblehead night on his new team. That's incredible.
1: I Wait, love it. why would you give out bobbleheads of a dude that's not on your team anymore?
2: Because the Texas
1: Rangers are one of the worst organizations Next that week. makes, that's like so stupid. That'd be like if the Pirates gave out Garrett Cole bobbleheads like next weekend. Like why the hell would you do
2: that? Yeah, that would be weird, huh? Yeah. Especially the game. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of, uh, and they got it. Uh, so like I said, that's six, that's now six no hitters on the year uh, just to run through them. Uh, You had Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, and Corey Kluber. Uh, You know, it's funny. You look at all six of these guys. I mean, again, Kluber did win a Cy Young. So he's probably the best as far as career-wise. I would say John Means is then the next. And then the rest of the guys are basically, like, number three pitchers in a rotation. Um, So, uh, again, I, I think we talked about this either last week or two. I guess it would have been two weeks ago. Um, it's just baseball has clearly turned away from, um, you know, trying to get on base any means necessary. And they've just hitters have sold out for home runs. And I think we're going to just see a lot more, no hitters, the, the record for a season or the, yeah, the, the record is seven since, uh, 1900. eight if you go back to 1884, but people get into the you know modern era and all that which to call since 1900 the modern era seems kind of ridiculous but yeah so 7 is the mark i to, guess technically to be to be fair it's since 1900
0: but like 1990 was 1990 1991 2012 2015 are the seasons tied at 7 so it's yes. not like it's 1910 where uh it was it's just that's the yeah. cut off somehow well yeah
2: so 1884 is the mark where Eight no hitters were thrown, and at this rate, it it would be silly to bet against, in my opinion, um, that we wouldn't see it. No, I have
0: one other note on this. If you are good
2: for no hitters, go ahead.
0: So, uh, as I'm seeing, we're at six in this season, and each team has two so far between Mariners, Rangers, oh, yes. and Indians. No team has ever Correct. been no-hit three times uh, or more in a season. Do we think it happens?
2: I mean, you have three options. So I mean, okay, I which of the, if it's gonna you, ha- you have
0: four options, throw the pirates in that mix. You're
2: right
1: okay, on.
0: <laughs> hold on. If it's going to happen to one of these three teams, which are
2: you guys picking for it to happen to? Hmm. So I'm going to give you the order and see if this like helps you like come up with something rangers were the first but they were also the most recent the indians were the second team and then also the fourth team and then the mariners (laughs) (laughs) mariners were the third and the mariners were the fifth so i'm trying to see if we can develop a pattern here
0: sounds pretty close to snake draft i will go rangers next
1: (laughs) i was thinking rangers too but honestly if
0: I, like legit,
1: if Brian Reynolds gets hurt for an extended amount of time, I, I'll take the Pirates because he's the only person that him and Adam Frazier are the only people that can get hits, and Adam Frazier's is going to get traded soon. So, like, it would not shock me if the Pirates get no hit three times before any love, of
0: those other teams do. I love how perfect this works out. There's three of us. There's three teams to choose from, and Brett just says the Pirates. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I
1: th- they're lost at the plate, like. It's so hard to watch.
2: I'm gonna say the Mariners. Mariners are gonna be my—they're gonna be my pick just because of the stats are there. You know. Yes, yeah, so everything the is Indians.
0: Then, so we're different. Perfect. Okay. We'll we'll give you the uh, Pirates also. If the Pirates get no hit
2: three times, it is <laughs> absolutely your credit. But um, the real question, Brett, if you're taking the Indians, will Jordan luplo be the final out? Lucky like he was for the previous two.
1: I don't think so. Uh, There's no way it's that coincidental that he's the last out three times. I think if that happens,
2: we definitely live in a simulation or uh, baseball is scripted. Um, I agree. That is it for no-hitters. Real quick, funny story before we get into our heated debate, um, where we're probably just all going to be ranting the same points. But Jacob Nottingham has had a eventful month of his professional baseball career. And so I'm just going to read you his transaction history um, since April 22nd, 2021. Okay. The Milwaukee Brewers activate catcher Jacob Nottingham from the 10-day injured list. And on that day, they also designate him for for assignment. Six days later, April 28th, 2021 the Seattle Mariners claim Jacob Nottingham off of waivers, and then they activate him two days later. Um, On May 1st, the Mariners designate Jacob Nottingham for assignment. The Brewers on May 2nd, you know, 10 days later, trade cash considerations for Jacob Nottingham. Then, 11 days later, The Brewers designate him for assignment again, in which a week later, the Mariners claim him off waivers. (laughs) Poor guy. So so far, the Brewers have essentially just
1: gifted the Mariners some cash for a guy (laughs) they didn't want to keep anyway.
2: Yes. Basically, unfortunate timing with injuries. Led to this like whole back and forth thing to happen. It's just so bizarre that it's just two teams just back and forth. Like like they're basically uh, it's it's it almost feels like soccer, and they're just like loaning a player for the time being. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just thought it was really funny and unfortunate, and I feel bad for Jacob Nottingham because uh, he he just can't stick anywhere. All right.
1: Wait, Spencer, I thought your funny story was going to be
2: the Jacob DeGrom thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. well that that uh, made me laugh so hard. (laughs) That's also funny. Jacob DeGrom made a rehab start this past week, and he was playing the Palm Beach Cardinals. That's the single A affiliate (laughs) uh, affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, he... Was throwing one hundred and two miles per hour, and the Palm Beach Cardinals' Twitter <laughs> page basically just tweeted "send help!" Like Jacob DeBrom is here. Uh, he threw. I don't have the. I don't have the actual numbers in front I of me. I have it. I
1: have it. He so he went um, three innings in yep. his rehab yep. stint. Had so nine outs. Eight of those outs were strikeouts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no walks. No hits. <laughs> Oh Oh, Oh my god. And yeah, like low A. This was low A. Like not even like high A. Like
2: low A. These kids are all aren't they all like 18? Like (laughs) Yeah, basically 18, 19. I mean, some of them might even have been younger if they're international signings. Yeah, those poor kids. (laughs) Um facing a side guy. Do you have the number of pitches he threw? He only threw like 40 pitches. Yeah, I don't have that, but yeah, it was not a lot. Yeah, just just so really funny. Um, yeah, so so there was that, and then I'm trying to think. There, there, I feel like there was something else that was funny too that I thought you were about to bring up as what you thought my funny story was.
1: Well, you know what else is funny? Uh, Jacob Degrom, despite having a .68 ERA, is three and two. That tracks.
2: I mean, that's that's Jacob. How that's, do you have
1: two losses when you're not even giving up a run a start?
2: <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that's well. That's what I was getting at with the whole, with the whole Turnbull thing. Not not the same anyway whatsoever. But you know that's why win percentage can't be really used as a strong case uh, for whether or not a pitcher is good. Because I'd be best if I was him. Yeah, um, he'll still probably win the Cy Young even with being injured for a little bit. Oh, yeah. in, his, in his three
0: innings pitched, Jake Degrom threw thirty five pitches. Thirty five pitches. There you go. Nine batters.
2: Thirty five pitches. Eight strikeouts. That's disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, the Palm Beach Cardinals Twitter page has been having fun with it. Uh, he is expected to make a start, and somebody tweeted about it, and they they tweeted, they retweeted it and said, we can confirm he's ready. Like, he's more than more than ready to come back. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, basically, like you said, Brett, a bunch of 18-year-old kids, like, just getting their – their first crack at professional baseball, and they have to face Jacob Degrom. Well, it's a hell of a learning experience. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say good learning experience. Uh, another learning experience is uh, the one that Yerman Mercedes has been on. <laughs> um, on Monday, the White Sox, uh, one of the probably the most fun team, one of the most fun teams to watch in baseball this year. So, if you have the opportunity to watch any Chi Sox games throw them on they're exciting uh they've got a lot of swagger and uh no one more than nerman mercedes he's having like a cinderella story start to his career um he's leading the league in batting average and on uh like i said on monday they were facing the the white Sox were facing the twins they were up 15 to 4 uh in the ninth and so the twins basically said well we're not going to win this game. So we're going to put a position player on the mound. And another fan favorite, Willens Ostadio. Um, he's also very exciting to watch. He's he's this chubby kid who plays all over the field and always, is always smiling, except uh, when with two outs in the ninth inning, uh, he falls behind Yerman 3-0, and he throws a 47 mile per hour meatball that <laughs> Yeoman Mercedes decides 3 0, he's going to throw me a strike. I'm going to swing. And he hit a moonshot, uh, no doubt, home run. Um, and everybody was upset about this. We talked about Tatis hitting that 3 0 home run. It, uh, it was a 3 0 grand slam that Tatis hit. And so, um, you know, we've, we've had this discussion before, but of course, this all came back up again. Um, and so you had Tony La Russa who retired back, he, he retired in 2011, I think, uh, after the Cardinals won the world series and he has since come out of retirement to manage the White Sox. So you've had a lot of terrible takes by him. And then you've had a bunch of other White Sox players speaking up about all this. Basically, La Russa said that Mercedes was clueless and it was a rookie mistake and that, you know, they're going to deal with it internally. Everything he was saying sounded just very weird um, and just like gross in a lot of ways. Um, German retorted that he's not going to do that, the whole unwritten rules thing, because that's just not how he plays. And sure, that's fine. Uh, Tim Anderson was backing up your Mercedes. My favorite take was from Lance Lynn. He said that if you are worried about what a hitter is going to do, maybe you should put a pitcher on the mound. <laughs> Love that take. Uh, Tony La Russa's response to that was, uh, well, Lance has a locker and I have an office. Again, very weird take to have. Tony La Russa in no way had <laughs> pretty good. He, he in no way had his players back. Uh, he he uh, he apologized to the Twins, which is a very weird move. Uh, hey, sorry, we were beating you by 11. We were already giving you the ass-kicking of a lifetime. And then one of our most exciting players decided to to pimp a home run off of a position. You, you put a position player on the mound because you guys didn't care about the game anymore. Um, and, but you do care that he had a home run off of you. So I'm sorry. So he apologized, uh, super fucking weird. And he, he said that, uh, that he was asked if he thought any sort of retaliation was going to come from the twins. And he said, he hoped not because he had apologized. Well, the next game, Tyler Duffy threw at your Mercedes, because that's what we love to do in baseball. We love to be dangerous and, and intentionally throw the baseball at people. It pisses me off to no end. Um, and La Russa, after the game, said he didn't think it was intentional. Of course it was intentional. He threw behind Yerman Mercedes, the guy who just hit the home run. So he was like, oh, yeah, I don't think it was intentional. Um, And if that's how they wanted to handle it, I really see no problem with it. What's funny is MLB suspended Tyler Duffy and manager Rocco (laughs) Baldali uh, for three games. So that's also just again so bizarre it shows how out of touch Tony La Russa is and just how again he just needs to he needed to never come back basically um so there's a lot to unpack here so I'm gonna let you guys give your takes. but basically what it boils down to the the twins had already given up on this game they put a position player out there I mean whether or not you think somebody shouldn't swing at 3-0 when a pitcher is out there, I I can seriously say I do not see how the fuck it matters when a position player is out on the mound. At that point, all bets are off because, I mean, you you don't you just want guys to swing? And like, you're hoping that he swings 3-0 and just pops up or hits it into the dirt or whatever. If it goes over the wall, who cares? It's not affecting anybody's real statistics. The game, go ahead. Somebody else talk. Go ahead, Brett um
1: uh god where to begin um well first off it was not a coincidence that he got hit i mean the odds of that being a coincidence it's like i don't know like what okay like i I don't even have an example i can't even think right now but no that was not a coincidence clearly because it was the same dude that hit the home run like let's not be idiots here Mm -hmm. all right tony Mm -hmm. Second off, I always hated Tony La Russa. No offense, Spencer. When he was the manager of the Cardinals, always hated his guts and thought he was kind of like an old geezer, prick kind of guy. Um, And now I just see he's very out of touch, like you said. And he's just very old. He's just very old. He has that old school thinking of baseball that we just honestly need to get out of the game because here we are once again talking about A guy hitting a home run, and God almighty, is that so terrible and disrespectful and just, oh, man. Shouldn't do that in baseball. No. Nope. That's not the goal. The goal is not to score runs uh, when you're already winning because you're already winning. And there's literally no chance in the world the team could come back and win the game, right? Oh, no. Of course not, even though there is is a chance. So you shouldn't ever not score runs. I don't – Like, I sound like a broken record from the last time we talked about this. I forget who hit the home run last time. Oh, yeah, Tatis, like you said. Yeah, um, pretty much the same stuff here. I thought it was funny, though, how Tony La Russa after the game just goes, oh, yeah, um, Mercedes made a mistake today, and uh, we'll be handling – he'll be uh, face the consequences internally. Like, literally you're saying your player hitting a three-run – it was a three-run home run, right? No, it was just just a solo shot. Oh, even better. Even better. Literally, you're saying your player hitting a solo home run was a mistake. Oh, he made a mistake tonight. And also, since they clearly gave up on the game anyways, like you said, don't you want him just swinging the bat? Because there's a higher percentage of the chance – That the game will be over quicker if he's swinging the bat than if he's just going to take on a 3-0, get walked, and then we got to go to the next guy. And this guy clearly can't throw strikes because he's a position player. So it's just going to go on and on. He's just going to walk guys, walk guys, walk guys. All of a sudden, we have a five-hour game. Like, no, nobody wants to see that. Just swing the bat. Whatever. And like you said, he hit a home run. Cool. Like – It doesn't matter. Like, then we move on. Next guy, keep swinging the bat, get some outs, you know, get the game over with. Like, I don't (laughs) – it's so freaking stupid. And this is why – this is why baseball is a joke because we take an entertaining – not baseball as a whole, but this is why, like, this aspect of baseball makes baseball look like a joke Mm -hmm. because we take an exciting play like a home run – and now all of a sudden, it's a bad thing. And like, who wants to? Who wants to like get into a sport where a guy hitting a home run could lead to controversy, and then he's going to get hit the next game, and then because he got hit, then that team's going to have to hit somebody else. And like, is this so stupid? They're such children. I don't understand. And it starts with the managers that like frown upon this. But if the, I was a manager, the, I'd encourage it. I'd be like, you know what? I don't care what the score is. If a guy's gonna give you a meatball on 3-0, you swing for the front for the fences and you pad your stats, you increase our lead, so we'll definitely win the game. I'm all for it. And if they have a problem with it and want to throw it us, great, they'll get ejected, they'll get suspended, whatever. That again benefits us as long as there's no injuries. And whatever, like we move on. I'm not gonna like retaliate either if they throw at us, like that's their problem. Like I think it's just they're stuck in this mindset of we have to do things this way. And there's no just like, whatever, like let's focus on us and not what these unwritten rules are or what the other team's doing. And my last my last point I want to make before I'm done my rant is like, why do we never look at this on the flip side as well? Like from the pitcher's perspective, right? Like if, the, if a pitcher's on the mound in the eighth inning, his team's winning by 12 runs – and he gets a guy in an 0-2 count, is he not supposed to throw a strike then? Is he not right. supposed to try to strike the guy out? Or should he throw him, like, a 50-mile-an-hour meatball? Just, like, because <laughs> that's courteous, right? Like, does it? why does it not go both ways? Why do we only care when the batter does something when he has a lead? Not, not when the pitcher's here, still out here throwing 95 and striking guys out in a 12-run game. Mm-hmm. Why does it not go both ways? I, I don't understand. Like, I genuinely don't understand. And also, the Pirates lost 20-1 to this past week. The Braves just (laughs) continued to hit home runs. And nobody talked about it because guess what? We don't care. So, like – well, uh, let me put it this way. The Braves' manager didn't make a big deal out of it. He didn't say after the game, oh, yeah, those guys – we shouldn't have been hitting home runs. So – and the Pirates didn't throw at them because they know they suck. And so, yeah, like – that's the thing, too. It's so inconsistent. And that's also what bothers me. But... Did, I, I, that,
2: that, did, yeah. any, did any Braves hitters hit a home run in a 3-0 count? Who gives a shit what the count is? Oh, my God. Okay,
1: yeah. This well, is... they did in the later innings when they were already up, like, 15-1. to 1, Like... But they did I don't know what the counts were because I, believe it or not, turned the game off at that point,
2: so I don't know. That's, that's where the controversy starts. That's what that's the main issue is that people are swinging 3-0. Why that matters, why that makes a difference. Vic, go ahead. Okay, well, so, The 3-0 yeah. count
0: means absolutely nothing. The only reason a 3-0 count would matter is if they are trying to intentionally walk him, okay? And if they are throwing 50 feet, to the left of the batter's box to the point that it's so intentional. And even at that point, if a batter wants to swing, who gives a shit? Because if he's going to swing when you're trying to walk him, then good, he's going to take a strike, so you should be happy. And if you're not intentionally walking him, then he has every right to swing away at every fucking pitch that comes across that plate or near the plate or anything he wants to swing at. This is professional sports. Professional. This this sport is literally nicknamed the show. Every kid who plays little league at some point in dr- some point in time dreams of hitting a home run in the big leagues. Like they just do. I don't care at what age. And now in any regard, you're hearing that this this incident hitting a home run in any way, I don't care what what the circumstances are at all. This should never be looked at as a bad thing ever. Nobody should ever even be penalized or criticized verbally for hitting a home run. Like, I it just blows my mind. The only people who ever have a right to be upset about home run is the pitcher who gives it up. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing someone at, who's not even a pitcher, he's not going to give a shit like you talked about. Like, no second... What was he, an outfielder, probably? Second base? Asadio
2: uh, is a catcher by trade, but again, he plays all over the field. Okay. He doesn't care. He, no, he did. He was very upset. Okay, well, then he shouldn't I, be on I, the mound. I know. He should have thrown strikes, right? He should have <laughs> never gotten 3-0. That's the thing. If you don't want to throw a meatball, then he should have walked him. It's, or he should have thrown strikes earlier. How I really want to look at this is as a fan. Like, if,
0: if I'm a fan of this team, like you said, I don't want to just watch some positional player throw walk after walk after walk. Like... The game's going to go on forever with still scoring, but now it's just boring. Uh, I want to see my team pour it on as much as possible in every game, under every circumstance. Like, yes, close games are fun to watch, but I'm ne- never going to be upset if my team comes out and just dominates. At mm-hmm. that point, I just want to see how many they can get. And I want my guys swinging away. If you're going to have the audacity to say, fuck it, we're at the point where we're throwing... We're putting our center fielder on the mound. Yeah, I want to take him deep every single pitch. I don't care if this is a 0, 00 count. I don't care if I'm down 0-2 in the count. And I don't care if it's a 3-0 count. It's absolute... Just mind-blowing to me that a professional sports league can be the soft. And time after time, we are seeing people of the same
2: team criticize it. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that, you know... <laughs> It's the people who are the, you know, they're the tough, they're like the tough guys of baseball. You know, they they played in a different league, but they're the biggest fucking babies. They, their feelings get hurt so easily over a home run. My question is what is more disrespectful to the game of baseball, to the core values of baseball Uh, putting up a white flag and putting a position player on the mound, telling the other team directly to them that we don't care about this game anymore. We think it's a joke and and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what else you say or uh, winning and, and scoring another run on what happens to be a three Oh count. Well, I, I think a is more disrespectful. I agree to the core values of baseball. To the because if you want low, to I don't respect it. to the game you play until the final out you play hard like if you want to say that it's all about respect you're that's how you respect the game you don't say oh, you 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 swung at a three zero pitch while up twelve. While
0: we're at it, talking about disrespectful to the game, can batters just fucking run through first, whether you're grounding out or not? The amount of lack of effort I, that bothers me more than most things. Uh, I don't want to say than everything in baseball because I'm probably forgetting something. People, again, anything can happen. It is sports. What if he overthrows him? Maybe if you're hustling, he feels like yes. Oh, hold yeah, up an issue. Anyways, right. back on subject. No, um, I I think
1: it's obviously option a and uh, i think in baseball especially more than any other sport like you should never be just giving up because there's no time limit in baseball so you're never really you're never really actually out of it you know like in in the nba or nhl or whatever yeah when, when the clock starts coming down and like you're down big like yeah the game's probably over so that like you can kind of throw it in at that point i'm more okay with that than in baseball because there's no time limit. Like, you have – as long as you don't get out, you can score 30 runs in an inning even if you want. Like, you're never really out of the game. So I hate that teams just give up, especially in baseball,
2: but in, in all sports, but especially in baseball. Like Brett, I'm-, I'm so happy you said that because I decided to pull up what is the the highest amount of runs scored in a single inning? 17. In the modern era? 17. Oh, was yes. 17 is is the right. And you may be saying, Spencer, it happened once, and you're right. Uh it also happened uh 16 runs, that happened once. Um, 15 runs happened once, and then 14 runs alone happened five times. So it's I mean, yeah, you you you're right. There's no time limit. Uh at any point you have the opportunity to just blow up a game, blow like blow open a lead or pull off a comeback. And we see it. Time and time again, um, so yeah, you're you're you. While you you can be out of it and it can be lopsided, you never are truly out of it until the the ball is hit into play in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs, and then you're out of it. Yeah, and
1: going back to what you were saying about, um, just the just the mindset of players in baseball too, and how they seem to be all on board with these unwritten rules. I really like, I, I really would hate if that's like what's being taught in little league nowadays is like, you have to have this respect for the other team and you shouldn't swing three O and stuff like that, because that is just such a shitty attitude to have, especially if you make it to the professional level, you should not have that attitude. Like I can understand in little league, if little Jimmy's out there really struggling on the mound and you guys are already up like ten runs, yeah, maybe don't swing three oh in little league when you're in fifth grade. But when you get to the professional level, if that's then engraved into your brain that like you shouldn't do that, that's just a really sad just and
0: shitty thing in my automatically, opinion. Automatically from now on, whenever account is two oh, you're now getting a strike. Because either it's gonna be three oh and then just throw a strike because he's not supposed to swing, and it's a pretty common unwritten rule, or you throw a strike, and now it's 2-1, and now suddenly, you have the batter right back to an even count, almost.
2: I also just hate the oxymoronic nature of an unwritten rule. Yeah, either that just write makes it no fucking sense. No. <laughs> yeah, like either it. write it, or it's not a rule. <laughs> Someone's feelings got hurt at some point in time, so... And it's two just, guys made an agreement. And now, like, uh, it's so stupid to me. Uh, last thing I will say about this, Brett, you kind of touched on it, I believe. Um, one of you did. German Mercedes is a rookie. So, yeah, pad your stats. Because in three years, you have three years. Uh, but in three years' time, you'll be going to arbitration. And then guess what that number that you're going to be receiving on your paycheck is based off of? Your stats that's Mm -hmm. just how it goes so if you can tack on an extra home run an extra rbi an extra whatever to your totals you take that opportunity Uh, no matter what i mean i would
0: love if we hear that in an arbitration a player brought up that five of his walks should have been hits but he was told to take the walk
2: i mean it's just so stupid um you know no matter what you're you're supposed to look out for yourself and and you know make sure you're taking the best at bat you can possibly take and getting the best outcome you possibly can. And for a young guy, especially it's, it's even more important. So also if I'm an owner of a friend, it was the manager who spoke out against what
0: he did. Yeah, Tony So if I'm an owner of a franchise personally, maybe not right. This, I'm not going to jump again and say he should, it should happen right then, but I want this guy out of my organization because I care about winning. That is all you care about as a franchise within reason uh yeah making... winning is money money is yeah. power yeah you want money winning gets you hours pizza yeah yeah just so to me already contract extension should never happen <laughs> never i should be trying to think uh okay do does he need to leave before this like is he really impacting my players on this level like day in and day out
2: yeah um that's the other crazy thing is that the person we're seeing the most upset about it is the, the is, is Mercedes's own manager. Like I haven't seen Baldelli make a response at all. So it's stupid. well, they hit him, so that's the response. Yeah, but he, I, I haven't heard like a verbal like, yeah, I really wish you wouldn't have swung three zero. It really, it really made me butthurt, and I, I, I think he should be suspended because he broke an unwritten rule. <laughs> No, no. Instead, again, the penalty for breaking one of these very, very taboo unwritten rules is you get a 95 mile per hour ball thrown directly at you. And if it hits you in a in a bad spot, oops, you know, so be it. You broke. You swung 3-0 you know, against a guy who doesn't even pitch.
0: <laughs> How about that, think- the only person who gets to throw him is a different fielder who can be put on the mound for that batter.
2: How about, we just don't, how about we just don't throw at people? That's what I well,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's I'm trying stupid. to think, like, in other sports, if there's any, like, instances similar to this. Like, I know in the NBA, like, it's respectable to, if you're up by, like, 10, with, like, you know, a minute left, you just run out the shot clock. But not yeah, all but, teams do that all the time, and nobody's upset if they put up a three and make also, it, But you know?
0: But here's the thing, like... I understand if you're up 20, you don't take that buzzer beater. But if you're up 15 with a minute left at the end or two minutes left at the end of your possession, like you are burning clock, but you're still going to throw up a shot. Like you're still going to throw up a shot most of the well, time. No, th- I'm saying like a lot of times under a minute left, if a team's
1: up by like 12, they'll just not put up a shot and run out the shot clock.
0: Really up twelve? That's
1: They'll all. They'll just take like important. a shot clock violation, or if maybe fifteen. Okay, like not spe- like uh, that's not the point. That's not the point. But like, a team still don't get upset if a team does put up a shot. Then, and then in hockey, it's like, okay, if a team's up two and the other team pulls their their net, there's actually, ten actually- seconds left, they're staring at an empty net. They're still gonna put it in the empty net to go up three. They're not just gonna take it to the take it to the boards and run out the clock, you know? And nobody gets upset about that. Like, this is, like, the equivalent of that to me. And the like, I just...
0: comparable I have, actually, to any other sport is two years ago. It was before COVID. I think the Avalanche were up 8-1 on someone uh, in a game. And in the third, they still had their top power play unit out. The power play had been cold going into that game. So they were practicing, taking this time. Like, why... And the other team got upset, and they're like, why are there top guys out there? It's a game. Like, you are playing to win. And if scoring that tenth, ninth and tenth goal will help you win, I don't care what the other team has. Now, oh. now
2: my question is, so you said they were up 8-1? Roughly. Did they, did they, did they pull their goalie and allow <laughs> yeah. the other team to score? Because it's kind of rude and well, unfair to no. be up seven goals. It's kind of like, you know what? You took a penalty.
0: We're up a lot. We're going to cancel this out. We'll go bench a guy Uh, and just choose to play far and four.
2: So silly.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's an example. And in the NFL, I guess, instead of kneeling, if a team were to, like, still run shotgun plays and score another touchdown, would that be the equivalent there? Yeah. Belichick still kicks onside, kicks
2: up 40. And, oh, well, do better. Like, there's – Yeah. Yeah, it's – you have nobody was, don't don't put the blame on the other team for beating the shit out of you. Just be better. Yeah. Really, is what it comes down to. If you're, you are nobody to blame but yourself, for if being you are literally their practice squad, then there are bigger issues than these unwritten
0: rules.
1: I think this just goes to show that baseball players have seem to have the most pride or like ego, it's, almost
2: it's, entitlement. Yeah, it seems entitlement. To be, it seems to be pitchers. Um. Pitchers, yeah. pitchers Pitcher. take the most exception to things because pitchers are allowed to scream and, and yell at you when they strike you out and the bases were loaded and it ends the inning and they leave through runner-strander. They're allowed to scream and holler and all that. Uh, but if you watch the baseball for even a second too long off of your bat, uh, I'm going to throw a weapon at you. Yeah, yeah. And now, God, now I'm thinking about, like, college
1: football, too. You get, like, a ranked team. Like, the first couple weeks of the season, you know? Yeah. Scores are, like, 80 to, like, <laughs> 6. Yeah. They still keep, you know, clearly they still have, they're still trying and they're still scoring up till the end of the game. So, like, but we don't hear any complaints about that. Because, again, just yeah. play harder, do better. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's really only in baseball that I ever hear, like, a team get upset when they're getting destroyed
2: yeah uh when 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 Corey kluber was throwing a no hitter should he have should he should he have apologized and said you know what mariners you've been no hit no he should have just Before, thrown a walk-in
0: ended the perfect game and then well, that he, way, he,
2: yeah. he already had ended the perfect game should he have just should he have underhand tossed it like soft toss here you go kyle lewis hit a home run like get back <laughs> get on the board but not on a 3-0 have... count not on a 3-0 count I would hate. I would hate to throw. I would hate for you guys not to get a single hit today, as well as not have a run. So here, I'll just gift you this. Yeah, fucking stupid. Only. Well, in that case, not on no two count. He's not going to do that because he's a pitcher. Yeah. And pitchers, they can't break any unwritten rules because yeah. there are none. But hitters, million.
1: Spencer, how do you feel about like? Sometimes, you know, a guy might have, like, a perfect game through like, five or something, and then he hits a guy, but the guy doesn't really make an effort to, like, move out away from the pitch and, like, dodge the pitch, and that's sometimes taken the wrong way, too. Like, at least make it, like, you could have avoided that, but, like...
2: I mean, anybody who says you can avoid a 98-mile-per-hour fastball needs to get in the box and do it themselves, because I find it very hard to believe. I, I think... So so that bothers
1: you too, because that bothers me too. I think that's also stupid when people get upset about that. But yeah,
2: I I would say if you like if you Michael Conforto it and lean into the strike zone and get hit by the pitch to break up a perfect game, then I'm I would probably be upset about that. The one yeah. rule I do want to talk about while we're talking about perfect game no hitters, are team, you going? Yes, are you going to be mad
0: if I uh, you have a perfect game going and the other team bunts? Why? Why are you getting mad? Because they're trying to get on base. Spencer's sorry, Spencer's nodding for all at home. Spencer will be mad if a team bunts to ruin a perfect game. This comes back to I'm doing what I need to to get on base to win. I don't care the circumstances. If you're going What inning are we talking? Who cares? Mm. Hold on, Brett, does the inning matter to you? I'm
1: I'm totally okay with bunting because for a couple reasons. One, especially if it's still a very close game, I'm very much okay with bunting to get on base, like you said. Now, if you're down ten nothing, the guy is a no-hitter. Again, no hitter. Again, this comes no, back no, to that's an. Well, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. This again comes back to that's an unwritten rule. I'm still okay with bunting. It's a yeah. little more. It's a little more like of a dick move at that point. But I'm still okay with it because again, there's written. no time limit. You're never out of a game. And you're trying to get on base and you should try to get on base. Also bunts have such a low percentage of working anyways. If you actually want to try to bunt rather than swing away and get a hit by all means, go for it. Cause it's probably not going to work.
2: Yes. So. I, 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 my first reaction was to say that I'm not okay with it because I would, ha- you know, I, I would hate to see that be the way uh, it's broken up. But you know, I literally was just saying that as a hitter, you need to go up there and do what you need to do to get on base. And you, Basically, we're saying that Vic. So also imagine your deep like Brett said, such a low percentage of success rate. Imagine your defense not and
0: you as a pitcher. So basically catch your third, not you being first able to, to steal the
2: bunt and get the guy out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's a, if it's a speed threat, you should just be prepared because yeah. if he drops one down, you know he has a chance, so he might do it. Yeah, pretty silly. Pretty yep. silly. While still on baseball, I want to
0: circle back to one thing, kind of break the tension from this. Unless <laughs> there's any other talking points, I'm done.
2: I'm done for the day.
0: Right.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean it's just it's it's just a joke, and yeah, I don't have anything else to
0: say. Uh, one thing I forgot, circling back to the Jake Degrom thing, uh, once because Palm Beach Cardinals uh, thought it was a joke at first when, like, they didn't believe when uh, someone told them it was Degrom until it was confirmed. And they literally went on to MLB twenty one the show to see DeGrom pitching to practice because that was the best method of practice they had was to see how his pitches were coming in on the video game. Oh Uh, my god. Like that is a legitimate. Do they not have actual
1: like they could just YouTube actual videos of him pitching in real life?
0: Apparently they (laughs) instead (laughs) they opted for a simulation. Yes. That's so
1: stupid. Oh, my God.
0: And also... Is so- that an
1: unwritten rule, too? Should he have gone to, like, triple-A and not low-A? Like, isn't that kind of a jerk move to have him pitch against those young no, guys? If exactly.
2: <laughs> We no. really want to get offended by everything? I mean, that's not cool. He's a pitcher. But he's allowed to go and, and demolish Humiliate people. Yeah, the competition. But yeah. if you are a... If you're Bryce Harper and you get her and you need a rehab assignment, you have to go to triple AAA.
0: Then <laughs> um, oh. back to one other thing. As Brett said, we would, uh, since the game was going to end before we were done recording, and it is the Suns take game one versus the Lakers in their series. Right. And, uh, just a note here. Devin Booker said... Franchise record uh, for points in a playoff game with 34 in his playoff debut. Devin Booker is cooler than the other side of the pillow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, 34 with all those years they had, like, um, Stoudemire and Shaq and Steve Nash. I'm a little
0: surprised that's the franchise high. I, I saw that flash on the screen. I wrote it down right then, but... I'll I'll fact check that I can wait. Was that it. for a player
1: in his son's playoff debut? A high or like franchise high in general? Ooh, maybe it was son's. Sunste- it was probably playoff debut. I can't imagine that's the all time record, especially because Ch- they had Charles Barkley all those years back in the day too. Like, feel like somebody had to have scored more than thirty four. Uh, who knows? I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, that'll be something we have to uh, I can correct myself on if I was wrong next episode because I will not be able to find it before.
1: Uh, I don't think anybody's going to care. You're good. <laughs> okay. God, well, that's so stupid. I just I, I, again, the last thing I'll say on that is I just really hope this isn't being taught at the younger levels and getting just tattooed on people's brains that play baseball I'm,
0: I'm sure it's taught obviously to be like from a respect standpoint when you're younger but not like it's it's different right the because it's that,
2: not professional sports i like, mean, yeah you're not getting paid for it you're you at the end of the day your paycheck doesn't depend on it the thing that i can think of that i like would kind of stand by is like sure you're, you shouldn't intentionally run up the score like and, and that's like you can get into the weeds on that. So it's like it can be hard to tell. But like if you hit a ball into the gap, like I'm not telling you to stop at first base. You run hard. If you think you have a triple, then fucking go for a triple. Um, if you're on first base and there's a pass ball, I'm still a fan of going and taking second base. I mean, uh, you know, it's just how it is. But I don't think like you should, you know, if you're on third base and there's a pass ball is it really worth it to to have a close play at the plate and to, to really like rub it in or to just let your hitters drive you in and, and do it that way. But that's, that's really it. And, and that goes for pretty much any sport. I think like we talked about basketball, like at, you hit a point when you're up 40 and there's two minutes left that you go, okay, we're going to stop trying to score now. Like we yeah. don't, we don't need to do it anymore. So I think that is always taught basically, but yeah. Uh, beyond that like fucking like you're just doing what you you
0: have to do
1: well i mean even in like high school college and even like the you know minor league level like i hope it's not being taught like to you know 3-0 don't swing or or like if we're up well, 10 and you have a chance to even like score on a sack fly like don't run home or like stuff like that because that's just absolutely. so
0: stupid i was gonna say the whole three o is probably uh i'm pro- you're probably you're always told don't swing unless it's your pitch on a 3-0 count. Like, it has to be your pitch. Right. Uh, and I could see a coach just saying, take it. Most likely because he's not going to throw a strike. Like, um, but, yeah, again, very different scenario. And I don't think that's – I hope, like you said, that's not something that they're just being trained to do uh, at every point in time, like, moving forward, at every point in their career. Yeah. Uh. Also, Devin Booker must – most likely, uh, the for player debut with the Suns because yes, Charles Barkley I see had 56 in the playoff game. It looks like.
1: With the Suns. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that that adds up. And um circling back as well, the Predators just tied the series against the Hurricanes, uh, which means I lose money on that. So <laughs> I had Hurricanes in five. That's at least going six two two in that
0: heading uh, back to Carolina. Yes. Saris, the first goalie to have 50-plus saves in back-to-back playoff games since Henrik Lundqvist in, I believe,
2: 2015. Oh, that's a name I recognize. Lundqvist? Yeah. There you go. Couldn't tell you what team, but I'm going to say the Leafs.
1: Oh, Spencer. No, the (laughs) Rangers. Very good, yes. I'm the Hurricanes. I'm making a goalie switch back to Morazic next game. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. I would agree. It's not necessarily on the goalie these last two games, but uh, you need a little wake up call. And Morazic's better, anyways, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I could see. It's
0: something, not something like it, was a, it wasn't a 1 0 game each game. so Right. Something to watch. Something to watch. Yeah. Okay. Well, that will wrap up this very uh, a much longer episode than I expected, uh, but never less heated episode than <laughs> usual of Top Chair Sports on the Beer League Bench Talk, and look forward to our next episode after the MLB does something stupid uh, so <laughs> we can roast them.